That's why sometimes you were the sloppy. What is going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, being the sloppy, I'm Dan Ray. Yeah, sometimes you're the slopper and other times you're the sloppy, mm. which was a parting uh, phrase that we did for last week's episode, which I think we get in our heads a little bit. It's true. Sometimes. It's true. Wouldn't you say? It happens. Because sometimes we are in the middle of it. And we're like, I don't know how this is going. Yeah, we've we've done then, better episodes than this. I'm not sure. Right. And then I was like, I listened back to it. And I was like, not bad. that was perfectly fine. But it felt sloppy at the time last week's did. And that was, it came out well, of Adam's mouth. It was genius. Sometimes you're the slopper. Sometimes you're the sloppy. You know, I think I, it was, it was because the week before was real tight. Right. We had some like really solid things to, to kind of get into. Yes. And, uh, yes. And so, yeah, you're kind of playing the comparison game, but comparisons rob you of joy. Did Indeed. you know that? Indeed. It's the thief of joy. It's true. So, uh, what's happening? Gosh, you know, um, a bunch of things I have, um, I have scheduled the first of the return of the trivia. The, the, I'm sorry, the karaoke, the live acoustic karaoke. Um, there's a place in town here that wants to do it. And we're going to do it every, maybe every other Saturday there for a while. So th- this is the existing concept in a new environment. Well, is what we've been doing for the last several whiles is the trivia, live acoustic pub trivia. This is the karaoke where I bring two mics and people sign up and come up and sing with me. We did that pre-pandemic uh, every week. Um, at a place here in town, but, um, this is the first sort of recurrence of it in the, in the, in the aftertimes. And so, uh, so it's exciting. I have, I have a bunch of regulars have been bugging me to find a place to do it. And I have finally found a place to do it. So that's good. Fantastic. Um, That same place wants to do, uh, wants to do the full band. We're just working on a date for that. And then we have, of course, the first gig of the new full band project on Saturday. So we're recording this Thursday night. It's two nights away. Um, 48 hours from now, I'll be mid gig on my first gig of the new project. Well, how's it feel? It's exciting. It's exciting. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when you're throwing like a party that you've been thinking about for months and you're really excited about it. like that, that requires me being social, which is, well, when I've thrown really great parties, like that there, there was like, there comes a point where you've thought like, oh, and we could, uh, Oh, and we should have a, oh, and there, there ought to be a, uh, and you'd like accrete sort of all these ideas and things that ought to be and things we ought to have. And it, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, I, the first time I remember feeling that was my wedding. Like we added all this stuff to it and all these, like, we should have a, this and there should be a, that. And, um, and so this is very much of that same sort of feeling. Like it's, it, there's a lot of moving parts and it's all really exciting and it's all going to come together and be a great party. And, um, all the great gigs of my life have sort of had that same kind of additive um maximalist kind of energy and right. so uh so that's exciting i i do need to but, make a packing like have you list. gotten to the, have you gotten to the point where it's like okay no more new ideas like where it's like we're we're locked like the yeah, the, the, the I, cargo I, bay doors have have closed i do think we're there yeah i don't think we're gonna onboard okay. we did add a couple new songs in rehearsal this weekend um, mm-hmm. easy ones that were no brainers that I knew would be no brainers. Um, thanks to our friends at gig gab, who I think we'll be coming back to. They mentioned a tune from the commitments, uh, treat her right uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, which I had forgotten all about. But the minute they said that on that show, I was like, Oh yeah, that one's, that one's, that one's a winner in a weird kind of way. And so, and it's an easy one, four, five tune piece of cake. So yeah, uh, we just ran through it once in rehearsal and stuck it in the set list. Um, and then a couple others are kind of like that. And, um, I think those are our last editions. I think we have the whole 
thing. So the, the, the Mevo cameras, the new sub, the, that's like some new gear stuff that I'm getting set up. I got a, I got a videographer coming who, in addition to my three cameras is going to give me two more fixed positions and one roving, uh, of video. So I'm going to have a total of six video sources, um, to assemble into something marketing wise. Um, yeah, it's all coming together. And, and, and then the last thing, of course, that I'm watching is the weather. So it's going to yeah. rain that morning, but ideally it's looking like it'll be done around 2 PM, which is about the time I thought I'd get there for like a very leisurely low pressure setup. Um, so uh, that may all just work out great. Awesome. Yeah. If, and if not, we'll set up inside and we'll be an inside band for the night and that'll be fine too. The beauty of uh, being ampless, you can you can yeah. be more yeah, flexible. Yeah, make it work. And, and I actually, here's the thing about my drummer, Charlie. Love this guy. He's maybe the only drummer I've ever played with who doesn't just say they can play quiet, but actually can play quiet. He can quiet. do it, yeah. Uh, it's really, really rare. And he's he's amazing at it. He's amazing at it. He, he, can, awesome. he can dial it right back and just be full energy at a third the volume. Uh, I've never seen anybody be able to do that before, and he fully can, so... Yeah, it'll be great. Awesome. Yeah. Good deal. So let's see. Uh, in my neck of the woods, I got a sub for that double booking. Sweet. Uh, a guy from Nashville. And I uh, I do have to pay King's Ransom for him. Sure. But it is worth it. Okay. Because uh, sometimes, you know, you uh, you got to hire the, the biggins. Yeah. To make it happen. That's good. So, uh, so that happened. And I'll tell you, uh, I was talking about this with somebody, but I have this little this little leather bound book that mm. I got from the, uh, the New York public library when we were up there Sweet. and I, uh, I write things in it and, uh, I was, I was manifesting as people say, where nice. I was like, this date will get filled and it will go well mm. and things will be fine. Yeah. And I wrote it on a piece of paper and two days later, uh, the spot got filled. So Perfect. I'm not saying one is necessarily tied to the other, but, uh, for uh, our weak human brains who need to find patterns and things, it was a very yeah. uh, good thing for me. Yeah. Um, on a related note, I did uh, get some additional information about those fly dates and kind of talked with the guy who I am filling in for. Just trying to get my head around like what these gigs entail. And I feel like I'm much closer to understanding what it is I need to do. Mm. So that made me feel a lot better. Um, I started kind of building uh, a new songbook uh, for this particular gig, adding um, stuff I don't normally do, but like I, I I enjoy. So more like the Yacht Rock stuff and some like more, not like croony tunes, but like songs that are more contemporary kind of, lots of Michael Buble. Let's just, we'll just put it that there way. There you go. Uh, and there's some really cool stuff in there. And yeah. um it's like, oh, I really should have done this a while ago. And it, it is kind of forcing me to onboard new material that I haven't or wouldn't have considered otherwise uh, that will ultimately make uh, doing these kinds of gigs a lot easier. I also found out I don't need to bring anything. Oh. Uh, but I will because that's just who I am. Sure. Um, it's I basically have, I've got uh, two really nice guitars and uh and loopers and pa waiting for me wherever they are uh, but i'm gonna bring my hx uh, rig because i like it yeah. and it'll inevitably uh make things easier for me to navigate uh, i also found out that the july date is in detroit huh. which i haven't i've never been there before me neither 
So I'm a little, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a little, I'm, I'm a lot excited to uh, see what that looks yeah, like. I've flown through um, the airport, but I've never been in the city. Yeah, it's, um, it's just kind of a cool uh, side uh, quest that I wasn't really anticipating mm-hmm. uh, this year. But um, between that and having subs for things, like I've already got uh, our, our other vocalists and stuff kind of plugged in for some dates where I'm going to be out of state or otherwise uh, indisposed. And like it's it's all happening that's great so feeling pretty good about that's that good. um the uh another thing that happened kind of uh randomly was that you know we had done that weird um video shoot in that guy's basement which right. sounds really sus when i say <laughs> it that way yeah. um it wasn't quite that weird no. when uh, it actually happened but it was for the um it was the energy drink punk band tie-in deal yes and I'd gotten the uh, the roughs back, and I was like, "Would it be possible to maybe get my hands on those uh, those vocal tracks just to kind of kind of dial them in?" Because mm. uh, when you sing the same song twelve times and they pick their favorite, um, it might be the seventh or twelfth time you've done it, and maybe a couple of things need to be uh, dialed in a little bit. Yeah. So between uh, those. Uh, audio files and my 30 day Melodyne studio demo. <laughs> I was able to get those uh, cleaned up a little bit Good. and sent back there. So uh, that's all in their hands whenever they choose to release it. Nice. So uh, I think that's it for a, uh, a span of time where I don't have like any actual like gigs lined up. There's actually been a fair amount of activity going on. That's good. So that's good. Speaking of crooner, well, crooner tunes. Yeah, let's talk about some crooner tunes. I ended. Um, I have a couple of traditional closers for my solo acoustic show. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a while, I always closed with um, Radiohead "Fake Plastic Trees." Yep. And then for a while, I was closing with uh, "Space Oddity." Yeah. Um, the last couple shows I've closed with "My Way," Sinatra. Yeah. Which, um, when you start it, the whole room's like, "Really?" And then you get to that last verse. And I just let her rip. I mean, I just get full Sinatra. I, like I yeah. get big and, you know, and, and it gets clear that I'm kind of doing it ironically. Um, uh, and so I did that at the trivia last, last night. It was the, it was the, um, the theme of this last trivia was Dan's favorites. Cause I've spent so many hours learning, you know, boy band songs and Disney songs. And this one was like the ones Dan likes to play, like shut up. I'm playing yeah. my stuff. And some of them were yeah. stumpers. So they didn't know all of them, but, uh, um, so I ended with my way and, and, um, someone came up to me afterward and pointed out that it was, um, as, as Donald Trump was leaving the white house, that was the song they played. Well, it wasn't even that he left the white house. It was like literally him like flying on the away yeah. on the plane. Yeah. That was what they played. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I hadn't, I hadn't put that together. And then the other thing was people, um, related it to, uh, Stewie from, um, yeah, you know, it? um, yeah. A family guy. Family, thank you. Thank you. And so that was. In some ways, not a great connection either. Younger people relate it to another character that that same dude who I'm going to have a total brain for it about the show and the guy, um, mm-hmm. the mouse from Sing, voiced by the same guy. Oh, it's Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane, thank you. Oh my god. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, have I told you my story about my way? Mm, nope. Okay, so I was in San Diego six months ago for San a conference. Diego. And out to dinner with some friends at a very um, upscale shishi sort of steak 
joint that where Rose like vagina. there was a live DJ spinning tunes, mm-hmm. right? And at some point in the middle of our dinner, a fight broke out at the bar. Some guy, like apparently some girls complained to the bar about him being inappropriate with them. And so they confronted him about that and it turned into a whole shouting thing. He was like top of his voice yelling. And at some point he was surrounded by like all of the male staff of this place. And at that moment, the DJ who had been spinning like tunes put on my way. Love it. And as Frank peaked, you know, that song like escalates and gets huge. Like the, it turned yeah. physical and they ended up dragging the guy out, like knocking over tables and breaking glasses while my way is like getting huge. And it was, it was cinematic. It was, it was, it was Layla at the end of Goodfellas. It was, it was amazing. It was like one of the best moments I've ever seen. And I went over and tipped the DJ 20 bucks and told him how amazing that was. And he, he, he said, like, I was just seeing if I could just calm the guy down, like see if I could do some spin something other than some beats. Like, um, but it was a fine, fine moment. And so that's my association with my way. And, uh, and I, that's, that is a, that's a great memory. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's one of those, uh, core ones that you just, you, sure. know, you tuck away. For sure. Yeah. So, you, you know, you're talking about like song choices in, uh, and that kind of thing. And for any of you who are on TikTok who don't follow me, I've fallen into a bit of a, a thing where, um, my, my normal shtick is to just like poke at, rock fans who are kind of set in their ways that uh old music isn't better than uh new music and that kind of thing so i started doing this series of videos called uh bad songs existed before computers ruined music Mm. and um the whole concept be is is to find just pick a year and i pick like a, a a crappy song and uh, I've done a couple of them so far, and uh, it's it it's definitely like it's got legs. People mm. are 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 vibing with it. Um, the first one though, it, it's weird because one of them was like a one hit wonder that like nobody knows about, but the second one was a Prince song, and I got absolutely no pushback on. Oh, wow. I got way more pushback on the other one. Huh. People are like, no, no, this song's a bop. This song's great. Which was uh. Just for reference, the first year I did was 1975, and the song I chose was a song called Get Dancing by a group called Disco Tex and the Sexolettes. Wow. Wow. You should look it up. I'm gonna. And well, and also you're a Simpsons fan, and I there is an absolute tie-in to that song, and I think you'll be like, oh, it's from that thing. All right. Um, but the other, the next one that people chose was uh 1989. And this was the first number one hit I chose, but it was Bat Dance by Prince from Terrible. the Batman soundtrack. Terrible. Terrible song. Terrible. No, and it's, it's, it's it, when you listen to it, it's one of those Shakespeare got to get paid kind of tunes. It's, you know. It was just like, well, let's, I got like these three or four ideas. I'll figure it out. And, and cha-ching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that album sold two million copies yeah. before the movie ever yeah. came out. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I've got so a whole, in, I got a whole list school, of years now. When that movie came out, I was in high school and I had just shifted from trumpet to brass baritone and mm-hmm. we did the Elfman Batman theme. Oh yeah. And it was intense. And I was the, I was the big bottom end brass on that. And it was, yeah, it was fun. Very cool. Yeah. See, we have musical experiences outside of That's right. the day-to-day yeah, stuff. Yeah. So we've got two little smaller topic ets that we want to kind of talk about this week. all fall under the rubric of internet drama 
Yeah, I think so. I think I think that's a, a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, is is there a particular one you want to you want to jump off on? Well, um, no, you pick. Okay. Well, um, I will go ahead and start with the uh, the conversation on our Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> we'll start with that one. Good. And then we'll switch to a conversations on other Facebook Someone groups. Someone else's Facebook group, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, the, the main kind of point was somebody posted this on, uh, on the Cover Band Confidential Facebook group about bands who... Like it's kind of looking down down the the road a few a few years, um, and the concept behind uh, legacy bands who continue to tour original with bands. Cla- classic yes bands. yeah yeah legacy groups like bands that uh, had big hits and careers uh, toured you know, for years in the sixties seventies eighties yeah nineties what have you yeah. um, touring with zero original members right. And how that is an inevitability or a very distinct possibility uh, in the not so distant future, and it was definitely a hot topic. Yeah, uh, with our with our folks, and uh, well, and the, I've got some thoughts about it. The way that conversation was kicked off was it's inevitable that I'm not gonna be able to say it exactly the way that original poster did, but that that there will be blessed you know tribute acts you know there'll mm-hmm. be the official the official tribute act of whatever kiss or pink floyd or whatever yep um and people had interesting thoughts about that yeah you know the again i've i've got i've got a, a mind about this and i think uh all all of the opinions that we heard were valid um so what it said was part of the future of live music will be authorized tribute bands controlled by the original bands slash estates. Yes. So that is, that's kind of the thrust of, of the subject. And I, I think honestly, it will be even further along than that. I think there will actually be like the bands will be those, those kinds. It'll be not original members touring as the band. So not even just like, the official tribute band of so and so, but yeah. like the band will continue to tour. Go see in the absence of, me- of members. <laughs> Go see. I mean, maybe some bands can pull that off. Bands that that aren't deeply don't have a like strongly personal brand, right? Um, yep, can pull that off. I I I think I mentioned Sticks. They they might be able to. Um, yeah, it's hard to picture. The other band I just mentioned is Pink Floyd. Hard to picture yeah. that happening without those individuals, the ones who are remaining and still call themselves Pink Floyd. Um, but anybody in Kiss makeup could be Kiss. Yeah, I mean, half of them already are. Right. So, and, you know, and uh, please, you should not have brought up Kiss. You know <laughs> that I've that's a that's a very touchy subject to to mention yeah. in my presence. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a uh, it's it's a it's a sticky wicket, as they may say. Um, but there are some groups that are kind of already doing this kind of thing. Yeah. So Queen has the you know the Queen experience, which is how the world discovered Mark Martell, yep. who now literally makes his living singing like Freddie Mercury. Right now, he doesn't look like Freddie Mercury, but he sure as hell sounds like him. Yep. 
And uh, that's enough to keep you keep, keep him busy. Like he, I mean, they, they rule. And he's, he's doing that as kind of like a have Freddie voice will travel totally. kind of deal. He, yeah. He's not like beholden to one group. Right. So he's done stuff with Black Jacket Symphony. He's done stuff with this Queen experience. He's got his own solo thing. I've got uh, a friend who has played keys with him on a couple of occasions. So like he's just, he's out and about. He's just making it happen. Yeah. Um, while also doing his own stuff. Yeah. But it's a, it's a pretty interesting day job, you know? Now, the other band that really comes to mind as far as this particular subject goes, uh, well, it's two, but uh, the first one that jumps out is Foreigner. Yeah. Because Foreigner is basically doing this already. Yeah. They're touring as Foreigner so, with no original members. Well, the and the way that they bill it, though, is that Mick, their guitar player, the, like the original guitar player, sometimes comes, right. but sometimes doesn't. Right. But most of the time he doesn't. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you were him, would you? Sometimes. I mean, you would sometimes. Yeah, that's that's where things get kind of, you know, interesting. Um, and, and there are bands, you know, like Judas Priest, where, you know, some of the guys have health issues and, you know, maybe he comes in and sits in for a couple of tunes every now and then. Yeah. And then, you know, that's all they have. Yeah. Well, but shoot, Dead Co. is the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Same concept. Um, the other one that jumped, the, one, the other one that reminded me of that was Quiet Riot, because... Mm. Um, if you've been kind of following their whole deal, uh, you know, Kevin Dubrow passed away and then they started getting other singers and Frankie Benali was kind of like, this is my project. I'm going to continue to push this thing out. Well, uh, Frankie passed away maybe a year or so ago. And in order for them to be able to tour as Quiet Riot, they had to have an original member of the lineup. So they brought Rudy Sarzo all the way back. He has not been in the band since Metal Health came out. Mm. But he was a part of that. He was not an original member, but he was a part of that classic lineup that was cranking out, you know, the tunes that everybody wants to hear. And it's a really interesting business proposition because, you know, for a guy like Rudy Sarzo, who has played with everybody and could literally play with anybody, what did they have to offer to get him to sign on to do that kind of project. Yeah. So that's the first thing that's really interesting. The other part of it that I find very compelling is the say of the estates of these deceased musicians. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, you know, either you are cashing in on a Tupac hologram. Yeah. Right. Or you are standing up a tribute act to your long dead whatever's um one way or another that the 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 people who still hold rights on that and still hold song rights and you know image rights and all that stuff still have the ability to continue to monetize all that. And yeah. if there's a market for that, maybe that maybe that's fine. Maybe that I don't know. As I said that, it felt a little creepy to me, but maybe if there are people out there wanting to see the the official tribute act of, I don't know, if, could you imagine Prince's estate finding somebody who would be able to go out and do Prince music? I don't, I can't imagine that happening. So, but the other acts, maybe his bands, no, his band has already done that though. Yeah. So, um, we're getting again in, into the cover tribute band weeds. 
Uh, Dr. Fink, who was in, you know, the original group, the he was in the uh, the revolution, yeah. uh, had a group uh, where they had this this guy who was doing prints and is like terrifyingly good at it. Mm. Um, You'd have to be. But. When Prince died, the revolution got back together and they they toured. They huh. were doing like midsize, like midsize venues as the revolution. You know, the 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 full lineup minus Prince, which is really interesting because they had never done that up to this point that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, so it's not it's again, it gets super complicated. But if you're thinking about like Kevin DeBrow and Frankie Benali's estates, it is very uh lucrative for them to put 100% that band back out there yeah because they have a lot to gain from that music being active in culture right cuz they own you know i'm pretty sure one of those two guys' estates owns the copyright the trademark mm-hmm. the naming rights yep. the all of those things so uh and and as they are going out and doing shows and generating publicity that is bringing revenue in from all of their other channels, the music streaming, the, you know, merchandising and those kinds of things. So it is in their best interest to continue to do these things, even if the people who originally participated are dead. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then there is such a thing as, as I thought about this and kind of how I responded on the, on the Facebook comment uh, thread was um, like, imagine the Pink Floyd, authorized exclusive tribute act like i'd go see that i'd tour as that that'd be awesome that'd be awesome and i know i'm not going to see gilmore it's fine but i'm going to see somebody who loves him like i do and is going to put something on stage that is a high quality tribute right well yeah but to be fair those bands do exist sure australian pink floyd totally listen i have tickets to brit floyd here when they come in october i'm excited about it Uh, yeah but like none of them have the imprint of the original artist on them and so that i think is a revenue opportunity for the original artist to you know have some kind of licensing some kind of revenue share something that that is like their marker on that and and then somebody replied like it could even be regional you'd have like the north america authorized Whatever, right? Doesn't yeah. mean there couldn't be others. I don't. I. I'm, I wouldn't want them to say, you know, we're, t- we're taking everyone else to court. But yeah, to be able to put like the original artist stamp on a tribute act, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Well, and if you are in the musical uh, engine behind those acts, it would be very, it would be absolutely fascinating to have access mm-hmm. to all of the content and intellectual property that they have amassed over the years imagine if you get the original flying pig like but yeah i mean that that, the again it it is a uh it is a bottomless pit of hypotheticals that are are definitely very fun to swim around in yeah um but i i do think that it is going to happen uh with varying levels of success yeah um you know, there's just certain stuff that just I don't feel like it can be reproduced. And I also don't think that the market is necessarily interested in. Yeah. Well, but, I think about, listen, I think about the Rolling Stones. That's yeah. a brand that is so tied to those particular people. Right. I don't think yeah. you could ever have a Rolling Stones show that isn't those particular people. And, and in fact, there, there, there isn't now, now they're 
you know, leaving the earth. That's well, but they're not, I mean, Charlie died. They're still touring. Yeah. So they're down, they're down a man already. And yeah. I mean, they're down a handful of men at this point. Right. Um, but don't think that there isn't a, like, I, I hate, I'm not trying to be crass or whatever. If Ronnie Wood doesn't make it. Yeah. They're still going to be stone shows. Yeah. But when Mick, if it's Mick or Keith, Mick or Keith, you're probably, yeah, it's, it's yeah. curtains. Yeah. But we, we are, unfo- we better or worse are going to witness this particular yes. model play itself out in yes. real time. Yes. Because it is going to happen. Yes. And, and it's, you know, it, it, it is ultimately up to the market to decide whether this is a, uh, a valid, uh, revenue stream or not. That's true. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Any, any, any other parting thoughts on, on that one? I just, I, I wish I, I wish I, um, I wish I trusted the market's taste a little better. <sighs> Fair. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, the, the, the sales opportunity is what it is. Yeah. If there are widgets to be sold. Sure. Somebody will make them. They'll do it. You bet. All right. Let's talk about some, some next, actual dramas. Next thing. Yeah. Next thing. All right. So two weeks ago, I made a video about contracts, fairly innocuous topic. I felt, you know, if you're in a band, you should consider having one. Yep. If you don't have one, you should. Uh, if you want one, we can help you with that. Yep. Uh, and in the process of promoting that video, I, you know, from a, from a, from an organic standpoint, you know, my, our YouTube channels reach is, you know, pretty finite, but there are certain circles in you know on the internet that are interested in the kind of stuff that we talk about so uh i do regularly share stuff in uh in other facebook groups including cover band central and um i posted the contract video in in there and for the most part people are like hey this is really helpful useful information thanks for posting it uh and i got a couple of folks it was really just like one guy it's typically just one guy yeah it's not always a bunch of guys, but one guy was like, this is terrible advice. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that's really something. Uh, Spice take one guy. Yeah. Uh, but then another person uh, had said, I don't know how you convince clients to feed you in your contract because a meal is a part of you know our contract. It's you know one hot meal per person, including crew. Uh, and my response back to that is is that if i have to show up before the event starts and leave after the event ends i'm going to require something to eat uh and at the end of that i i said the following sentence which is the one that got me in trouble yeah not necessarily in trouble no, but it's just rose rose the uh what is the thing the hair in the back yes. i want to say Hackles. 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 Hankles. Hankles. Hankles are uh, yeah. when you have when you have hot ankles. Um I don't know. I don't know. I I I summed up that conversation because basically it was if I'm if I'm showing up early and leaving late, I want you to feed me. If you are not interested or willing to do that, I I don't want to be in business with you. Mm. And then I said, We are the entertainment, not the help. And 
Some people were like, okay, I agree with that. That's a good way to put things. And other people were like, I don't know if I would have said those things. Mm. So, um, <laughs> in the, in, you know, on my end, I literally made the comment and like moved on. <laughs> yeah, you were done. I <laughs> said your piece. I said my piece, Out. you know, and, and, and I was on to the next thing. You know, I've got more important things yeah, to, Mike uh, dropped. yeah, to concern myself with. Uh, but because we think the world is big, but it's not, uh, <laughs> I woke up, uh, on, it was probably what, Tuesday or Wednesday yeah. with, uh, my name and our, uh, podcast name tagged in a post on, uh, gig Gab's page. Mm-hmm. So Paul, uh, well, Paul we should, Kent, we should, we should say if anybody's yeah. listening to this podcast and not the gig Gab podcast, oh my God, fix that right now. Go listen to the gig Gab podcast. They're amazing. They Absolutely, are buddies of ours, deeply inspiring to what we do. Um, Love those guys. Our, our we, you know, our hundredth episode, we celebrated it by doing a crossover podcast with both of the, all four of us were together. Like we're buddies with those guys. So yeah, go listen yeah, to them. N- if you no, don't, for sure. Yeah, zero bad blood whatsoever. Hundred yeah. percent. But but because you know the world is a lot smaller than you think. Um, Paul had seen that comment and he had liked it. I you know a handful of people liked it and I. It, I didn't think any of it, but, uh, it became like a part of their show this week, yeah. uh, where they were trying to unpack what it was that I was trying to convey with that sentence. Now, uh, they had their own ideas about what it was that I was trying to get to. And the, uh, it was taken the, the, the sentences before the, that last one were just not discussed and that's fine um but they they wanted to they kind of they spent i don't know 10 15 minutes kind of walking through what they thought that that meant yeah uh for better or worse and on my end i i wasn't upset or anything by what you know the conversation that they had but i definitely felt like it was like hey i should probably talk about this kind of work my way through something to clarify right yeah um for anybody who's interested in a more condensed version of what I was trying to get to, uh, tomorrow's YouTube release will be the uh, the bullion cube of this conversation we're about to have. <laughs> the, the, the condensed orange juice can. Condensed and reduced. Yeah. Um, so the the main the main thing that I was trying to get at with that conversation is that. I don't want to be in business with people who don't appreciate the people yeah. that it takes to provide a service like that. Right. And I don't have a lot of interactions with potential clients or actual clients who think that way, but it is something that I deal with. Uh on on a semi regular occasion, there was actually a, a, a show that we were supposed to. Uh, I sent a, a contract out for that was uh, supposed to happen next weekend, and they uh, they read through the contract and they were like they had they had issues, mm. uh, but they didn't clarify. And then like oh we we ended up going in a different direction, which means that they found somebody who was either cheaper or asked for less. Yeah. So, um, there is a part of me who is disappointed that you know we didn't get their business but on the other hand i am also fairly relieved that i wasn't put in a position where i was going to have to fight yeah for 
my guys to, you know, be taken care of. And that's kind of like a, you know, it's a double-edged sword for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that, that there is a real art to client selection. Yep. Um, and, and, um, it's funny cause we, you know, we, we get in this place where like a gig is a gig. We've got to fight for every one of them. Yeah. Um, maybe not, maybe not. Maybe when yeah. somebody tells you it's going to be hard to work with them, you should listen. Yeah. I mean, we've said that on this podcast a lot of times, like if somebody, you know, shows you who they are, you should believe them. Yep. Um, and you know, the, the main idea is, is that we're not spring chickens and, and, and there is a time and a place for being game for whatever. Sure. You know, oh, you show like there's for decades of my career, I was like, oh man, they got chips in here. Oh, wow. This is amazing. Can you believe it? A bag of chips. Bag of chips. You know, or holy, like, I, I remember we played this one, this, my original band played this, this gig and like in the green room was just like a pile of McDonald's, like hamburgers and cheeseburgers. And we were like, this is incredible. How, like, what a luxurious spread. <laughs> they are taking care of us. Wow. I feel I feel like very special. We got a Mitch um, Hedberg thing going on here and I'm, I'm liking it. It's, I'm, yeah. yeah. That, that, this is my hypothetical, yeah. like ignorant musician I like voice. It. I like it a lot. Uh, <laughs> so at some point though, it's like, all right, I, I've, I've done this. I have played for uh, paper wrapped burgers and, yeah. and bags of chips before. Uh, I would like to, feel like to to be able to show up and have enough time to set up all my gear and get a good mix and then like mentally prepare myself to put on a good performance mm -hmm. um and over the course of building bands and signing contracts and doing these kinds of things i've got that system boiled down to a pretty concise list of things so these are the things that we need in order to put on the best show possible for you, the person who is hiring us and contracts by definition are starting points. They aren't like, it's not like they're not rigid, immovable documents. They are living, breathing entities that are open for interpretation and discussion. It's like the opening bid. Yeah. And you know, there are clients that are going to be like, they read it like, cool, here's your check. Let's party. Yep. And those clients kind of kick ass. Love them. Let's yeah. More of those, please. And then there are other clients who read through it and and they're like, we we can't give you all of these things. So it's like, okay, so um your writer says that you need this much space for your performance area. Well, this uh this uh event space doesn't have that. We have this. And you can look at it and you go, okay, you know what? That's okay. We'll go ahead and waive that. That's a suggestion. That's a preference. That's not an absolute necessity. Or they're like, hey, this is this hotel has a no alcohol for vendors policy. Okay. That's not anything that anybody can do anything about. That is their rule. That's we, not the first time you've encountered it. Yep. Okay. Totally fine. Strike it. We'll 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 make do. Not a problem at all. And then there are other people who 
read those things and go, why should I have to do X, Y, and Z? Now, that is where you start running into actual issues. Yeah. So, um, and that was kind of the, that's, that's the, the one that you, you do have to be wary of because if they are trying to take those things away from you before you even show up or sign a contract or money is exchanged, they're probably not going to get any nicer when you actually show up. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and I think that was, that was for, for me, that was the one sort of nuance that got missed both in the Facebook thread and by the guys at GigGab that, yeah. you know, somebody who says the help and means it, um, has a particular attitude about servers and housekeeping people and kitchen staff and, you know, like the, the, the there's like an above and below sort of quality to it, right. you know, that, that was like part of the unsaid and the way you said it. But like, if you're going to see the band, first of all, it's deeply uncool to see anybody that way. Quite frankly, those aren't the help. They are actual human persons with hard jobs that make your life better. So like, right. And, and to, and to clarify my comment about the help was not a derogatory no, or no, pejorative no. take on people in the no, service you industry. You were highlighting because, that view. Yes. A hundred percent. That view. I just want to just, just want to completely, throw that completely, out completely, Yeah. No, yeah. worth saying, but I, for me that, that, Maybe knowing you, <laughs> I knew that wasn't where you were Fair coming enough. from. Um, but but you know anyone who's going to be that way toward a, a a waiter, like that's a red flag in a date. Like it should also be a red flag on a contract negotiation. Yep. Right. If they're gonna if they're gonna treat you like your hired help versus a person who's going to provide a valuable service that we're going to yep. negotiate with, you know one of those attitudes you can work with, and the other you just really shouldn't put yourself in the line of fire of well and it, it doesn't mean that you you don't do business with those people but it's kind of a caveat emptor kind of sure situation totally so uh you know if if they're willing to pay you a bunch of money and they treat you like garbage well you know maybe take their money i don't know i've definitely been in situations where i i felt like we weren't being you know it's not a matter of being taken care of but like not respected. Yeah. And uh it just sucks. Yeah. It suck it just takes all the fun out of the whole process. Yeah. Um and I and at this point um I have been in multiple situations where I have fired clients before. Mm -hmm. Where it's like it's just, this is just not going to I I don't think we're we're the right fit for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that people in our industry are not um there's a lot of discomfort with the magic of no yeah it's a really really powerful thing and if you can if you can get comfortable with no like get comfortable with there are there are boundaries to what i'm what i'm willing to agree to put up with tolerate um boy that is that is an impactful thing if you can learn to do that yeah and it's a it's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people sure. in this business yes because um you know, turning down money feels like uh, a bad thing. Look, a gig's and a gig. Feels, we hear him say yeah. that. Well, and, and also it's, it, there's this, um, this kind of like grind culture, especially with musicians and, you know, yes. artists in this kind of world where it's like, take everything, be a mercenary, like take no prisoners, just go, 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 get paid, whatever. 
And more power to those people. And I've I've been in that mindset previously. But for now, for this season, if I am go am I if I'm going to be willing to take time away from my family right. in exchange to perform music, it needs to pay well and it needs to be as low stress as it can possibly be. Right. So if it's not, then I'm probably not, I'm not your guy. Right. And, and, and I will, I, I, I pass business along to other groups all the time. Uh, not because they aren't, uh, talented or valuable or what have you. It's just that they may not necessarily, uh, mind the, the certain kind of parameters around, uh, gigs that, uh, that I kind of put my foot down about. Right. Right. So, it, it's a um, it it can be very powerful and liberating to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if it doesn't, that doesn't resonate with you, or it's something that you don't feel like you can do, maybe some self reflection. Yeah. All right. Does it does it feel strange to you to ask for things like a hot meal? and or dressing rooms or just kind of like basic writer items. Uh, if it does, like, why do you feel like you don't deserve those things? Yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, there's definitely like a, like a internal self-talk, low self-esteem, imposter syndrome kind of component to that internal dialogue, maybe. And uh, in order for me to become a, confident person i had to pretend like i was one right and and pretend like i was okay with losing business when i wasn't yes but through the exercise of standing up for myself and standing up for my bands and standing up for my bandmates yeah we we've been able to you know to build something and it's not you know we're not top of the heap we're not you know bottom of the barrel we're we're right kind of in the middle and you know we could play a little bit more but you know when we do play we get taken care of and it's it it tends to be fun make good money so, crowds love you your people come out i mean those are, that's that's what is important to me yeah and and the other stuff um doesn't seem quite as uh important right and I've I've been on both sides of that situation. I did. There was a um, an example that I I talked about in uh, in the video, where I was um, in a I was filling in in a group that I think was nine like a nine piece band, and uh, it was we were playing this very like a Fortune five hundred, very expensive uh, corporate holiday party. And, uh, we got back to our dressing room, which was literally just a room in this, you know, this event space. And, uh, our dinner was a vegetable lasagna, Mm. like a Stouffer's vegetable lasagna with like the foil and everything. And they just dropped it in the room. No utensils, no plates, no napkins. Good luck. And that was it. Get in there. Face first. Show me how the little piggies eat. Exactly. And then um, they also had skimped on production. So we had a single monitor mix for the entire band. Yeah. 
And those are the kinds of lessons that you learn where you, 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 it happens to you once you go, I don't want to do that again. And that's, that's, that's kind of how I, I landed where I, 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 I am now. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's how we, that's, that's, that's how we grow as business people is through that kind of experience. Mm -hmm. The the beauty of podcasts and the internet and all that's going on now is we can learn from each other's failures, but you know, you know, you know, I've had plenty of opportunities to learn from our own. So absolutely, that was, uh, you know, it's a good one for you. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, uh, the parting thought on this is, uh, we're the entertainment, not the help is not a dig on people in the service industry. Right. Uh, it is not an arrogant retort, but it is a mantra and a mindset that you should use when you are conducting business so that the people who uh, you work with value your talents as much as you do. Mm-hmm. And the you part is just as important as the other people part. That's right. So know your value, know your worth, and uh, be willing to stand up for yourself and your bandmates. Cuz. Excellent. The end. The end. There it is. Very cool. So that was a good one. I think so. Made it all the way through. Um, neither of us were the slopper or the sloppy. Neither, yeah. Neither was neither. Yeah. So, you know, talking about gig gab, uh, I did get an email uh, from our uh, our friend and patron, Adam Moskowitz, who had gotten an email from Dave Hamilton of Gig Gab of all uh, places. Uh, he was driving, uh, Dave was driving from uh, New Hampshire to New York and back and was listening to uh, our podcast, which was very nice of him to do. But he's like, I hadn't listened to the uh, to an episode all the way through. Mm. And uh, for those of you who do listen all the way through, at the very end of Adam's, uh, you could say pitch, diatribe, whatever you want to call right, it, right. he happens to scream out the catchphrase of the Gig Gab podcast, which is always be performing. So... Uh, Dave had not heard that and, and sent him an email to, uh, just say, Hey, I heard this. This is funny. Good for you. And, uh, Adam Moskowitz was nice enough to CC us, uh, in that exchange so that we could share in the revelry. Yep. But it, Hey, abundance mindset. Totally. All you guys should be listening to all these podcasts. Absolutely. There's plenty of good information going around. So uh, big thanks to all of those guys and thanks to all of our patrons. Uh, you know, we've been having a lot of very lively conversations about everything from TikTok to uh, Splitter Snakes to what else were we talking about? We were talking about <sighs> terrible songs from 1993. Right. Just kind of came out of yes. nowhere. Uh, lots of lively, lively uh, combos going yeah. on. And, and so, then celebrating like, you know, one of our one of our patrons um, just got his band back together and did a one shot, yep. you know, reunion. Reunion. Show yeah. And, um yeah super fun and then uh jt who has not done a uh a solo gig in like five ten years did his first solo acoustic yep. set uh the other night yep. and said it went well and he was like man it's been a while since i've been like this nervous before a show so right. you know we're all kind of like in different uh seasons of you know our performance careers so it's it's always kind of cool to see uh how everybody's doing and um you know just being able to contribute in whatever ways we can yep that being said, awesome conversation. Uh, big thanks to all of you for tuning in. 
if, like I said, if you wanted to hear what we just talked about in a more condensed version, you can check out the YouTube uh, video, which premieres tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern. And uh, yeah, just uh, got another weekend of uh, family stuff coming up and hopefully more fun topics to discuss yeah. next time. I'll have a first show to talk about. Ooh, that postmortem is going to be a fun one. I'm excited. Can't wait. Yeah. Well, that being said, I'll go ahead and call it for this week. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of April 29th, 2022. Have a good week. And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey, listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now, I know you want to support this cast, so this is how you do it. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all their socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of the Clinky Lincolns, have graciously given us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. The wins! The losses. The behind the scenes goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. Any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at VAMBAND. That's V-A-M band. Do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VAMBAND.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and bag of vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit CoverBandConfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it for Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida. That was your outro bumper on Cover Band Confidential. Always be performing! Thank <laughs> you.